Welcome to the Job Shop Show, where we talk with the owners, suppliers, partners, and customers of custom manufacturers. Listen and learn the secrets of top-performing job shops, the tools, techniques, and backgrounds that have made them successful, all in the quest of raising the bar for custom manufacturing. I'm your host, Jay Jacobs. This episode is sponsored by Paperless Parts, connecting buyers and suppliers of custom manufactured parts. The Paperless Platform is a secure, ITAR-compliant, cloud-based manufacturing system for suppliers that reduces the amount of time spent on sales, estimating, quoting, administration, and order processing. It offers seamless integration with the accounting and ERP software tools that shops already use, such as QuickBooks, E2, and JobBoss. Paperless Parts was founded with a mission to make manufacturing more accessible by streamlining the quote-to-cash process. Spend less time quoting and more time selling. This episode is sponsored by our friends at the NTMA, the National Tooling and Machining Association. The NTMA is an association of privately held, entrepreneurial-based, and family-owned businesses, representing nearly 1,200 small to mid-sized machine shops and tool and die shops across the country. They have approximately 30 very active regional chapters that host local events, run apprenticeship programs, and provide other services to their regional members. As an association of peers, the goal of the NTMA is to help members of the U.S. precision custom manufacturing industry achieve profitable growth and business success in a global economy through networking, workforce development and training, technology, best practices education, advocacy, programs, and services with industry partners. To learn how your company can get involved with the NTMA, including how to join, visit ntma.org. Shazam! This is Jay Jacobs. Welcome to the Job Shop Show. Buckle your seatbelts, everyone. This promises to be a fast-moving, hard-hitting episode featuring a wild man of custom part manufacturing, Shane Prukop. Shane is third-generation manufacturing and owns True Part Manufacturing, located in the greater LA area. We have some great topics to bat around today. Shane is passionate about beating China and thinks we have to do it through systems, streamlining and automation. We're gonna get into those and particularly how they integrate, where the opportunities are starting to arise in connecting the islands of automation. Shane promised to have lots of specific tips and we'll share exactly what he's doing, the tools, why he chooses them and how he gets them to work. So much to discuss, so let's dive in. Welcome to the Job Shop Show, Shane. Jay, it's a pleasure to be here. Excited to be on. Got a lot of things to say, and uh, I'm sure a lot of my blue-collar brothers out there are going to feel what I have to say, and I hope they can take some of the stuff I've implemented and um, it be useful for them. It's been a big help for us. It's allowed us to really just streamline smart people doing smarter things. You know, I think that's the key. Yeah, I really want to dive into that. And first, though, I want to ask you a question about a member of your team, Adnan. Who is he? How did you meet him? What does he do? And how can a shop owner find an Adnan? You know, Adnan is really rare. I'd say good luck with finding an Adnan, but there are plenty <laughs> of smart people out there who are familiar with systems, APIs. And um, interesting, Adnan and I met when we were both working on making face masks and shields for when COVID initially broke out. And uh, I had been printing them and 
trying to buy supplies and you know it really ran low on sheet like uh, the PTG heap or polycarbonate this stuff became non-existent um, impossible to find and through another group of people mass for docs Chad um, the owner of that company who would go around 3d printing companies or 3d printers in your garage he would gather all these masks and give them to you know the doctors and the nurses so I became a supplier to Chad of these free 3D printed components and whatever I could buy and just donating them everything we can, which we ended up with 2000, I think at the end of our end that we wow. donated. Yeah, it was a nice number. And um, he connected us all because we were just really brainstorming different ideas on different, you know, COVID fighting resourcefulness and became friends and talked every day. And we have two other fellows in our group and we started another little business and where we just kind of invent things on our spare time when we're not making things. And, um, you know, Adnan, he's out of Texas and he comes in for a couple of weeks at a time and stays down in my studio and we just make stuff. And he helps me really with the integrations, the stuff I cannot, uh, the hard programming, that's where he is really good at. Um, he's also a maker so he can make things and it's, it's fun. We're always trying to compete with each other, but having him, to back my big brainiac ideas where maybe there isn't an integration with something he kind of on the back end can help, you know, nudge me. And, um, so he's very technical, but also has that hands-on experience and know-how. Very unique gentleman. And, um, you know, yes, he has both of those worlds and he was a, on a, like a board member of the Dallas makerspace, which is the largest makerspace in the world, something like 36,000 people. He taught several classes and, um, you know, having that experience certainly helps. Um, the integrations are not terribly difficult. There's a lot of um, automated integrations that you're pushing a button and, you know, because of your Google login, they'll connect up. And it's either, it's rather mm -hmm. um, very uh, simple for most of them, the easy ones. Um, and the easy ones are, you know, QuickBooks to uh, Zapier, where Zapier has a whole bunch of other ones. And, you know, we can get in fine detail those. Yeah, I do want to talk in that, but let's frame who True Part Manufacturing is for the audience so they can relate, hopefully, and understand your background and before we get into where you're going with it. It's an interesting what story, you know, and uh, I think it's something that a lot of companies like ourselves have. You know, we're a multi-generational company. We work mm -hmm. with a lot of multi-generational companies in our industry, and I find that to be very prevalent. Um, my grandfather got his apprenticeship in Germany, last name Schlosser, which means uh, castle fabricator. Um, got his apprenticeship. Castle, castle fabricator, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so it's uh, um, you know something in the stars aligned, it feels like. Um, he came over, he got a, a job at um, Bass Houston, larging, the largest stamping house this side of the Mississippi. He was a tool and die manager of sort, worked there mm -hmm. for many years, ended up starting his own stamping house in Goleta, California. So from Las Vegas to Goleta. Um, actually, it was Buellton, which is about 45 minutes away. You moved to Buellton, um, you know, gathered up a lot of customers. I'm well known for making uh, tools, dies for stampings, and, and was actually consulted on NASA for components. Um, one particular moment he told me about um, consulting on beryllium copper as a spring. Um, nice. And the satellite didn't end up too well when they didn't listen to him. So that's a very interesting story. 
because uh, I have a couple similar. And um, so his company was Tricost, and it was just metal stamping and four slide work. And, you know, that's where I grew up, breathing in the, the oil and the, and, the, and the sounds of the punch presses at 730. The whole entire shop just sounded like a rocket going off, something I could never, <laughs> ever feel again to see all those people at the machines in blue coats. It was a sight to behold and um, so loud and the just tremoring of everything around you. I grew up in the shop. I remember ransacking the, the storage rooms for all the pens and the pencils. And, you know, when I was a little uh -huh. kid and counting parts and sweeping and, you know, maintenance. And then it was set up and production. And 2001, I really joined on after college. And um, while I was at college, he bought a water jet. You know, my grandfather, bless his heart, he was uh, he was old school. He was very particular to what he wanted to do with his equipment. Being in stamping, you're kind of, you know, tunneled into a certain type of customer and a certain type of parts and wasn't utilizing the water jet as much. He didn't want to do signs or what, whatever the water jet could do. You, whatever you could put in a water jet, you can make. And uh, I really was fascinated with that and the technology. And lo and behold, water jet, actually, there's not a lot of technology in it. It's plumbing and, 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 and some sand. And But... Uh, you know, really opened me up to what is capable. And I always was interested in the technologies and even with the punch presses and the flywheels, um, you know, all the, uh, those mechanical devices really interested me and started taking on a lot of jobs that was moonlighting. And the next thing you know, we had to get another water jet and then another one. And True Part really <laughs> started to bloom. And um, our customers, I have a little saying about my customers, it's from the depths of the seas to the stars you can't see. We don't have one particular sector, which I think is good for when things turn slow. Um, we do stuff for anyone. If you have a print, we'll take a, a swing at making it. And uh, now we're on, starting in 72. So 47 years, our family has been creating components for various sectors in America, all over the world. And was True Part started as a division of Tricross? Or was that something your grandfather said, go ahead, Shane, and start your own company within Tricross? How did that he wanted me to start my own company. It skipped a generation. So even my aunt is my CFO right now. You know, I've always been good with people. And so communicating with people is very easy. I wear my heart on my shoulder. Sometimes I need a filter. But I think when you're talking to me, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you and I'm learning about you and I'm interested in people. And so that brought on a lot of customers. Plus I was technologically savvy and I love mechanicals. So it's kind of a natural fit. Um, so my aunt, actually, we brought her into True Part. She became... A, CFO and she was, you know, probably one of the large, the, the biggest part of the company helping to grow it and taking care of the, helping me take care of the finances because mm -hmm. it's a tough one, you know, being an engineer and taking care of the money and all the problems that come with the day to day normal. It's, uh, uh, you know, she's a big part of it. Ingrid, uh, she's still there working with me right now and she's actually helping me with the integrations and I'm opening up her eyes to what can happen with QuickBooks because as I now dive into QuickBooks and find out what I can right. do with the live spreadsheets and um, I mean it's a whole nother I feel like I've been good with the shop for two or three months now I mean I always can add a little bit more here there but now I'm in QuickBooks and how we can automate just everything in there and that's a whole nother world to me and I'm, I'm actually really <laughs> enjoying it if you were to ask me two years ago anything about QuickBooks I just put my blinders on and my earmuffs on and <laughs> But now I'm, uh, I'm getting to learn a lot more about my business and it's helping me with pricing. So water jets, sheet metal, do you do any stamping now? 
I still do stamping. We just threw in a job that we've had since 1972. Wait, you're it's, making the same part now? Oh, we have a lot of those parts. A lot of those parts that we make still um, that are tricos. there's hundreds of parts that we've been making for 40 plus years. And I'm darn proud of that because if you're in business, we're in business. And I think that says something about our uh, quality. We've never had one part in 47 years fail or fatigue due to manufacturing issues. Feather in my hat. And, um, hmm. you know, it's uh, get a little choked up just thinking about it because that's a lot of uh, hard work, yeah. blood and sweat. Well, you think about products that now they change every three, five, seven years. So yeah. product that's still in existence. That's what caught my attention. Huh. What, what sort of industries are those in? Military, um, uh, okay. diving helmets that things, they, 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 the, the components, they feel a quality. They, you know, you drop it, it's not going to break. It's going to crack the concrete below it. Um, you know, it is a wide sector of what we are. It's a touch of everything. And it's, it's amazing that we can have a product last this long and mm -hmm. not looking at iterations and, and it just doing what it does. And these are life-saving devices. A new process for you is the 3D printing. And I guess it's new in the sense of, that you formed a separate company last year, but you've been doing it for a while. Why 3D printing? Why are you creating a whole new company for that process? We are seeing a swing. I mean, here we are in Industry 4.0. We got the softwares. We got the machines that are connecting. There's only so much you can do with a water jet. You only can squirt out so much pressure. A laser, yes, we have fiber. You're moving faster, but you're spending more on nitrogen. You're getting a laser burr. 3D printing allows us to create geometries in expedited manners. It's the closest thing, you know, MakerBot came out with the replicator. You know, they named it that for a reason is because overnight parts. And that's where, where, where in, just the technology period interests me. You know, when it comes down to it, FDM, fused deposition modeling, you're only looking at a, I, this is how I explain it to people when they don't understand is it's a hot glue gun with a small nozzle on a computer gantry that is placing it layer by layer. It's just what we're able to do with it. It always amazes me. I mean, there's always a customer coming in with an idea, whether it's someone just off of the street or an Amgen or something like that who need a product that someone's having a hard time making. And that's nice. You know, we, I love it for that. We, we don't want every job to be like that because then you are having to reinvent the wheel every time because right. it's still a machine, um, still have, you know, hundreds of parameters to mess with. But we are actually seeing Produce 3D, we're seeing a big uptick in production 3D printing with FDM. I didn't think I'd see it, but with the new technology um, and the ideas that people are having, um, we're able to do hundreds of parts a night just on two machines. Um, and it's... What printers do you have in-house now? So I am all FDM and I'm all Stacker. So Stacker is a made in the USA um, uh, machine, sturdy, 10-gauge steel, powder-coated. You can't, I mean, I moved one of these from a show across 100, uh, 100 feet of cobblestone, loaded it up in a Suburban, threw traffic in LA for an hour, bumpy road, put it in my shop, did a calibration print, was perfect. Um, didn't adjust anything. So it's a real beefy machine for a shop like us. These have four heads on them. So every machine has four heads. And when you have a big build plate and you let it go overnight, you wake up to a build plate with, you know, 20, 30 parts on each machine. So the stacker machine has been a real key for us to do the 
you know, that's why I call it produce three D's because we're production and we are gaining customers almost daily for it. I just bought four more. Um, so we have three stackers. I have one in my house and, um, you know, it's, it's really. How much do the stackers, features. how much do they cost? They range. And in fact, they're quite inexpensive comparatively speaking to the, the, you know, the big three, you can get a stacker machine, one of their cute little ones um, that just came out for three, 3,500, or you can get their big XL machine, which is 30,000. And mm -hmm. um, which is still pretty reasonable for piece of is, industrial equipment. It is very reasonable. We, I got a job the next month for 30 grand and um, you know, not a lot of labor into it. I do have some proprietary processes I've um, kind of came across um, and that have allowed me to really separate myself, especially in the ABS, um, FR ABS. So we do a lot of components for lavatories for- So for, for, for metal guys, FR means flame oh retardant. <laughs> I didn't know that too, because you know, we're not dealing with a lot of plastic, but when you're 3D printing, it's all plastic. And, uh, right. Welders are having to learn the plastics because now we're making fixtures, jigs, um, QC parts for them. The nice thing about the stacker machine too is that it's a very large machine. So you can take off three head heads and print 26 by 26 by 26. Ah, uh, yeah. You want a yeah, custom yeah. fixture? Well, we got Space Claim, SolidWorks, Fusion 360, Inventor. I can go on and on. I'm a, I'm a software hogger, but um, we can design and, and really work with our people and bring them in the office and talk about, hey, how do we help you? Yeah. So I've, I've got some more questions. So when did you buy your first 3D printer? I was at Fabtech probably oof, 10 years ago, whenever the Replicator 2 came out, um, it was the first household machine to come out that- Yeah, so you've had them in your shop, you've been playing with them for a while. You, you started Produce 3D last year. Was it last year when you all of a sudden started seeing people wanting to get production parts and there was just sort of a bell curve or has it been gradual? I've So I would say about, three years ago is when I really got the first production job and helped me open my eyes to what is capable. One thing that's amazing about the 3D printing is you can take sheet metal parts, not all, but some, and for specific reasons, a little redesign, you have a lighter, cheaper to produce component. And we're actually getting really big in the food industry. Um, mm. All of the scale units are using these high-end servos that cost hundreds of dollars. Their inertia of stainless um, slows them down. And when we move over to 3D printed components, we can change the designs and have them be something that they are not stuck within the sheet metal. I never thought I'd say that, you hmm. know, being a sheet metal guy, I would make everything stainless 316. Right, it sounds well, like heresy. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, there's a couple, <laughs> my grandfather has been rolling in his grave, but it's one of those things to where it is, it's obvious and clear that this is the future any products, minimally R&D. What, what sort of volumes are, when you say you're getting production jobs at $30,000 order, what sort of volumes are people buying these in? Hundreds and hundreds of parts. My goal by the time I uh, pass is to have a factory across the states, you know, uh, several of them where we have hundreds of these printers. Mm -hmm. You know, I uh, intentionally, maybe it was because of a little... Uh, uh, I, I've been training some of the customers that they can get it instantly. And when I do that, sure. their lead times 
they expect become, you know, it's amazing. So is that why for, thir I, th I think $30,000, you could probably tool up an injection mold. And then once you have that, it's, you know, pennies, not dollars for parts. So why are they picking 3D printing over tooling for injection molding? Well, in the world of I want it now, and mm -hmm. we are seeing this become more prevalent daily. I mean, everyone yeah. wants everything now. Well, you're not going to get a mold now. Um, I don't care how much money you have or who you know. Maybe if you're in-house cutting your own tool, well, that's, you know, something you got it going on. But in the world of now, um, a, a rocket can't wait. Um, a product development can't wait. You're, you're going to, you know, you're going to take some time in your iterations with the injection molding. Injection molding is also a solid part you know you're, you're most of your right. components you're you're not if you're roto molding in you know you're cheating there and then um hats off expensive mold but um 3d printing i can print hollow and that's one thing that i've really mm. been able to use with the commercial flights um is that i have had some engineers three of them on a skype scratch their head because i told them i'd save a third uh, two-thirds of the weight on a component and it was cheaper with keeping in mind uh mm -hmm. Uh, the amortizing price of tooling, especially if the part yep. only needs a couple hundreds at a time. Yep. Um, and then lighter, cheaper, faster. We're talking about the iron triangle here. That is an iron triangle right there. There's a time and a place for everything. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you need tens of thousands, you, you injection mold it. So I'm a shop owner. I don't have a production order for 3D printed parts, but I want to buy a 3D printer you're also using these in your shop in so many different ways. You mentioned a couple, the jigs and fix, fixtures for welding. And I think you had talked to me before the podcast about sheet metal tooling. Yep. Can you just go into a little more depth on ways that I guess it's becoming standard for you to use 3D printing for tooling? Yeah. With the team I have, you know, we have people who've been in aerospace and used to cutting a lot of tooling for the various 7075s and 6061s and 20 series aluminums. And uh, an idea, maybe a couple years ago, you know, was, hey, this is a little tricky part. It was thin. Let's try to print a tool. Everyone looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah, it's plastic. What are you talking about? What plastic do you think going, um, you know, going back? Mm -hmm. So we tried it and spot on. I mean, the first part came out really nice. There's some things that are different, definitely. And, um, that you got you got to get over you know spring back print lines uh, if they're not sanded will impregnate into aluminum but throughout the years we've really developed a process and actually just yesterday i came through a breakthrough to where we're doing a draw um quarter inch draw 6061 with a t 1.5 radius i mean i was i'm blown away that it was really? able to do this 16th thick this is a crazy part shouldn't have been designed in the manner we didn't want to cut the tooling. Customer only gave us a week. We didn't start it till Wednesday. Um, I mean, that's, you know, nothing starts the same yeah. day unless you get, you know, wasn't highest margin job. Well, that's one reason why I was up so late. I was fine tuning the die, but yeah, we got 063-6061 to draw a quarter inch and we could wow. have went even bigger. Yeah, it's, it's pretty remarkable. We've done 2023. T3. Which FDM material are you using for tooling? We are still experimenting, and um, especially on this design, we went from carbon fiber, PETG, to ABS, 
back to PETG, we might still try a PLA. Certain materials give you certain special characteristics in this. And so I'm really liking the PETG carbon fiber from atomic filament, amazing material. You know, having consistency is important. Yeah, and just for the listener, one of the advantages of the FDM process is it's really easy to switch over materials and a the material comes in almost looks like a fishing line. Uh, so Again, yeah, that is fishing line. Yeah, in a real format so that you just swap out the reels and the cost per reel is relatively low compared to some of the other materials to to get your machine up and running. And yep. so that probably enables you to experiment a little more, right, Shane? It does. I'm, I'm always on some kind of website looking at a new material coming out. One of my favorites, it's funny that you said fishing line because it is recycled Norwegian net nylon. Um, that, <laughs> and it is a beautiful material and it just opens your eyes on what is capable. I mean, we can literally feed recycled materials down the nozzle of a 3D printer and create just rugged components out of it. And it just blows my mind. This is just the tip of the iceberg and what we're going to see. There's that. And I have conductive. I'm trying to print a flashlight, which is doable. And Interesting. People have done it. Yeah. yeah. Conductive ABS. Well, we could probably spend our whole time just talking about 3D printing. All right. Let's but do before, it. But, but before, well, we're, we're going to leave this subject. But before we do, all your brothers out there what do you say to them if they don't have a 3d printer yet how do they get started we'll talk to you them. know it's just another machine i know all you out there you know some people you know you, you see something new and you kind of you know i don't need to get into that well 3d printing is going to allow you to really expand the ways to utilize your pre-existing equipment the 3d printer can be used on every machine we have and if my guys had their way i would be 24 seven making stuff for just random. I mean, who knows to hold the screwdrivers for five S to, um, mm -hmm. we'll never find all the uses a 3d printer will be used for. I mean, in the world of infinite, well, there's an infinite machine right there for you. And it's taking on purchasing agents are now way more willing to take a 3d printed on, especially since COVID since, you know, the mm. FDA dropped all of their stuff so that we can have masks and shields and everything. It really opened up the doors for FDM um, sort of printing. We haven't even scratched it. It's not even a blip on the radar right now. I am 100%. Uh, the scary part is everyone might own one, so they might not need for me to make it because they have one. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure we spend enough time on something that motivates you that you're passionate about, and that is beating China in the manufacturing world. So let's jump into that. And you say that the way we're going to do it is through systems, automation, and streamlining. And I'll just open it up. Talk about how, what you're doing, where we will have the advantage, I guess. Unless we are going to beat them with manpower, which I'm certain that that's not going to happen. I mean, we want to live. We want to provide for our family here. And in a industry that is very tight, you know, our margins are not large at all one little hiccup, there goes the whole job profit. It's a tight, tight industry and it's not getting better. And cutting everyone's wages, that's not gonna happen. We're gonna lose everyone. We're already losing generation of technologically savvy people. They're not gonna look at this industry. Getting your hands dirty is not sought after, I feel like here anymore. And they even wanted to change blue collar to gray. 
And I will not let that happen. That is too important to me to the foundation of our country was punch presses, flywheels, things that you could be proud of when you came home and feel good. We're not going to be in with manpower. We got great equipment. We need streamlining and automating our quote to shipping is imperative. I mean, that's in my eyes, the first step. Um, and we take it from there. And through that, about November, something went off in me. And that's when I started with my first integration. And some of you are probably already going to know it, but it was Trello. I mean, Trello, a very simple online whiteboard, something to keep track of work orders, something didn't cost 500 grand. And it did one thing nice, like all of your other, uh, you know, MRP, RPC, what it did, it, that's all it did. And it shined and it integrated with so many other things. And now that I think about it, Trello sparked my integration um, in vision. And, uh, you know, I remember getting Trello and just fascinated by all the little power ups I could do. How did you find out about Trello? How did you discover it? About five years ago, I had Trello and um, I loved it. It's a Kanban board. Need to do, doing, done. What a concept. And we all, mm -hmm. we get left in everything in between. And keeping track of what I'm doing is hard enough. I have 72 Trello boards. I am a Trello. Whoa. Yeah, I, I, it's, <laughs> it's, for those of you who know Trello, yeah, 72, I'm psycho about it. But everything in my life is there from my kids' schoolwork to what I need to do, what my people are doing, bills. Um, they all have their own boards. And I have my master board that is the board of them all um, that helps me really keep track of the finer details and the bigger picture. And so that's what really sparked it was Trello. And then from Trello, we, you know, moved on to other integrations and you got your G Suite, which is kind of a glue. So G Suite is Google Suite and it's there. What, can you describe what's in G Suite? So what G Suite we really utilize is we utilize their login mainly. So when you're in, and I'm sure a lot of you have noticed is that when you're in these softwares, that you can log in with Google. Mm -hmm. And um, when you push that log, it's easy and it's secure and it allows you to navigate the logins because, oh man, as I was doing these integrations, I found rather quickly that if I didn't do an integration and bring everyone on board and do it, that means all the logins, everything, people would feel left out. I'd leave a bitter taste and it would create a virus. And so at times I would be doing two or three different softwares of the same sort. If I'm doing HR software, I'd have Bamboo and a Zoho and one other, and I'd have logins for everyone. So 14 people mm -hmm. times three became my um, very frustrated um, when bringing it on, but I was very, very eager to bring all these things together because there's a lot of data entry waste in our industry. And we're in an industry, we're building the most advanced systems in the world with the not so advanced systems in the world. It boggles my mind how, <laughs> how far back we are. And I have vendors, I have buddies of mine who are still using a carbon receipt ledger for invoices. And I'm like, how do you know you made money? Well, I'm in business, how are you? I wanna make a difference before my time is gone. And I want to get back to, you know, maybe where we were in the fifties where you're wearing a, a, a collar, shirt like I'm wearing right now that's dirty and you're respected and honored and um, you know a hero of sort because we are 
the most needed people in the world. I mean, some of the smartest people I know are in our industry, designing our rockets and building them. And it's a pain to see the struggles they have to go through daily to survive, you know, always on the edge. And I want to do my best to change that. You mentioned integrations. Can you define integrations? Because you sort of throw it out there. I do integrations. What does that mean? So an integration is when you are connecting two softwares that they could be the same or similar. So an integration, I think a good example would be one of our newer softwares that we have that is a game changer is Paperless Parts. Paperless Parts has integrations with QuickBooks. So when we get a quote from Paperless Parts, it will go into our QuickBooks automatically. You know, you connect it once and with that connection via an API, and APIs are very uh, common in software. They uh, allow you to- Those are, yeah, those are what allow you to connect this stuff. And every software has one. They've been around since the 2000s. They allow you to connect to really every software. The owner or the company who owns the software, they just have to allow it. And I see here Mm -hmm. very soon that if you're not opening up your API, you're gonna lose a lot of customers. A lot of companies have lost to me as a customer because they didn't open up their APIs. It is amazing to watch these two softwares exchange information and you didn't touch a button. You know, Mm -hmm. we reduced 40% of our front office because of this and I'm not done yet. And I didn't let them go. I let my person who's been there for 30 years, instead of making sure the data is correct, well, we have an API for that. They are managing systems. And for what I see here in the very near future, within two years, so... Mm -hmm get on board or you're going to get left in the dust. They are going to be integration managers. This is what's going to happen. It's already happening. I'm making my people be integration managers and you're going to make sure the robots and the numbers are looking good at the end of the day and managing the jobs and, you know, managing the people and doing the stuff that we should be doing. I like to think of it as the software automates for you, but particularly what I see in job shops and custom manufacturers, there's all these islands of automation. And what I'm hearing from you is that integrations are now connecting these islands so that you don't have to enter the information into, say, paperless parts, and then you have to re-enter the information into QuickBooks, which we're human, so there's going to be data entry errors, things now I, I like the term automagically. It yeah. just happens. So it, it saves a ton of time. It's more accurate. And there's really no joy for a person in entering data. <laughs> no, there, I don't know a person who does. I mean, I do know a couple people, but it's hard getting the generation or two above me to kind of, you know, the integrations, they are oh, not another one. And then before you know it, they are showing me some tricks of the integration because I've moved on to another one to implement. Mm-hmm. I'm, implementing integrations almost daily. I mean, every night after everyone leaves, I'm either fine tuning right now. My QuickBooks is my biggest um, fine tune because we're actually going to be moving it to online enterprise. I started off with the QuickBooks and I just not a fan and we've had it since, but what I'm seeing now, I've been dabbling in the online and it is amazing. I never thought I'd say that you can do it from your phone. It tracks me when I'm driving to work and, and, what it is integrating now that QuickBooks has actually opened up about a couple of years ago, they have an API SDK. What is an SDK? It's a, a development platform so that you get to play around with things in your computer. Do you use it's that a, yourself? 
I am not that. That's what Adnan's for. Adnan is, um, he's an SDK guy and he's the guy. I haven't found anything that Adnan can't do in there. It's like, I'll ask him a question about this and he's like, duh. And like, click, 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 and it's done. And I'm like, dude, he was reading something in Regex the other day. And apparently it's like, I don't know. He was telling me about it. I was just praying that I had Adnan. He's coming back. I can't wait for him. I need him. He's actually working on my website right now because we're going to be doing a big grand opening of our website and we're making a platform for the everyday guy to go and have all the resources you need to make stuff. So your feeds and speeds of lasers, water jets, EDMs, comparisons. And I think he uploaded it today. You can convert DXF files, PDFs to DXF files. You'll be able to go to our website. You only have a PDF. You can convert it right there, download it all free of charge. And uh, you'll get a little, hey, if you need it made, click this link. But you know, mm-hmm. that's not, no big deal. I find myself to be in a very peculiar place. My grandfather, you know, before he passed on, you know, I was being groomed. My stepdad and my dad worked at Tricos. Neither of them wanted to take over the facility. One started their own, one did another thing. And so in skipping a generation, a weird thing happened. A guy who was interested in technology and machines got an upper hand because mm-hmm. of that middle road I found myself as, you know, technology but still the legacy equipment the cast iron presses the die acros the um you know kick presses which we still have and use mm-hmm. i i was able to implement these things because i understood and wanted the technology it was changes that i wanted where you can see some of the other generations the change is not wanted it's we're doing it this way and that's it and that's how these integrations are, I think, are able to kick off with us so fast that you got me, the CEO, just always looking at them and wanting to make a change in every process. I'm going um, to stop you there for a sec. That's a huge statement, Shane. Wanting to make a change because many people, not just shop owners, many people don't like change don't want change aren't comfortable with it and one of the things as I look back at rapid is our team and we had hundreds of of folks on the team we made so many changes so often that change became part of their life and 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 this is I think really cool is people can adapt and become more comfortable with change. You just have to support them on that journey and understand that it's not going to be comfortable and there's going to be kickback. uh, You're going to break some eggs that make the omelet. But it starts starts at the top. So you, you saying you want change is, is huge because change doesn't happen unless the person at the top wants it. You're doing right. I like that. And all, you know, one of my um, uh, mentors, I have two or three mentors at every given time. Um, I am a firm believer in surround yourself with smarter people. I call them my gray hairs um, because if they don't have the gray hair, either they can't be a mentor. <laughs> um, and, you know, they range from, you know, financials to 5S. Um, and we're doing 5S. No, we're doing 6S right now. And we just did another rearrange of the shop. And found out I can add two more machines, which um, I'm very excited about. But, um, you know, some wise words that were hand down to me is you're either the lion or the zebra, but either way, you better be running. 
And um, I know I'm not a zebra. Um, I am the lion. And, uh, you know, I am going to chase and, and, you know, never content. Content is the biggest killer of business, I believe. When you were able to sit back in your chair and kick your feet up, you, you, you better start thinking of something real quick because there's, there's a lion looking for you. There, exactly. The content will flow down and it, and it will be a virus that is almost unstoppable. Um, you know, always something it, to do out there. If, if I could get back to the integrations, you mentioned something called Zapier. What is Zapier and how do you use it? Zapier is a, um, it's a, it's a platform where all it does is connect integration. So let's say QuickBooks doesn't integrate with your G Suite calendar. Well, your G Suite calendar will connect to Zapier. Mm -hmm. Zapier will connect to your G Suite. So it's a middleman of APIs and integrations. So not all software, just because one software connects with one doesn't mean it's going to connect with the other. Right. So that's where you get these middlemen platforms. There's Zapier, there's Integromat, there's um, Automate IO, there, I can go on, um, uh, there's Trey. There are several of these platforms, not all of them connect to everyone. My longest integration train is seven right now. So that means I have to go through seven different platforms to get to my end. I said, what, what, what are you connecting? Um, with with those seven it was a quickbooks online um to i have hundreds of uh connections and um <laughs> i don't remember them all i often challenge my team too i have the great integration challenge so the guys actually come up with their own integrations it was mm -hmm. it's a quickbooks one though because quickbooks is still a little hesitant to unleash everything out um or i don't know if people want to work with them i'm not sure which one it is but um okay yeah, it, it, it's a QuickBooks to, um, it was ended up being something really small and not important, but it was fun. And but it was more proving that you could have the fidelity going through seven different steps to get well, from here to there. Exactly. You know, I like beating the I can'ts. I'm the guy who takes some of the jobs that shouldn't be done. And I got a good team. We don't make circles and squares. We make unique one-offs that, are often a struggle or dare I say impossible. And you know, it's what I live for. I'm not going to do so, production stamping. Right, right now you're learning Python, which is a programming language. Ooh, yeah. You call it Pi. Why oh, yeah, are you, why yells at me? <laughs> yeah. Why are you learning this and how are you going to use it? The fact that Python is not a well known tool in every industry is amazing. Python is a, it's a language, a, a higher learning language that I am still a rookie at it. I'm literally like two months into it and I'm learning JavaScript and I'm learning a couple others right now at the moment, but the information and the arrays and the calculation these softwares have is, it's just mind numbing. I mean, I'm just speaking about it. I'm having a hard time. They have these libraries you can plug in called Anaconda, Pandas, Numpy. And these are the world's science in these libraries that allows you to use all of these um, mathematical, I mean, literally everything that we know as humans are in these libraries. And you are able to use these in Python to create whatever you want. And what we're seeing is remarkable. 
OpenCV, which is you get these libraries will looking through your camera and find who this is, what that is. So if I'm understanding correctly, you don't have to be excited. You're, you're talking about image recognition and you don't have to program for it. You just call up this library through the Python programming language and it does it and it comes back with a result that you're looking at Shane, you're, something you're like correct. that. Your stuff, and that is actually the very elementary stuff that it does. So how are you going to use this in your shop? Are you looking at machine vision, say, in your shop oh, for part yeah. inspection or something? Neural networks. And so all of these work hand in hand. Neural networks is um, not new, new, but for the last couple of years, neural networks, which is training. It, it's You can train a network inside your computer to identify pixels on a screen. Well, we see everything, so it's not very, it's not limiting because you can pretty much, you can convert everything in the world into, into a picture. A sound wave can be, you know, a wavelength, a crest and a trough. Mm -hmm. With the pixel recognition of neural networks, deep learning, we are actually working on one right now that we're almost done with. You train your neural network with hundreds of data sets. It learns by itself constricted to the data sets you give to it. And it's not the question, what can you, it's what can't you. Um, I mean, it's just like a human. It's nothing to be scared of. It's not the Terminator. It's very limited. It's only about your data set, but we're actually looking at doing one for recognizing PDFs, you know, geometries, and not just vectorizing, but CADM. And we've gotten some really good results on it. It's quite Wait, amazing. not just vectorizing, but What'd you say was the second Actually part? cut out a PDF. So instead of just giving me a vector oh. drawing, you're going to have a DXF. You're going to have a solid model. You're going to have information because it's picking up the numbers. It's picking up the letters, your customer, the quantities, all of that. And but envision it. We're putting in place right now. And I've already massed hundreds of files and it's amazing. It's remarkable. Awesome. You also use automation in what you call T-sheets. What are those and how do you... Connect them, integrate them. You know what? Let me just do a quick run through of how I get to T sheets because T sheets is very important. So we get and make make sure you share with us what they are. Yes, I will. All of our communication is starting off with email. So Gmail, whatever, whoever mm -hmm. you're using. Hopefully, we're getting all the pertinent information. But as all you job shop owners know, that is almost rarely the case, no matter who your customer is. We have recently, maybe about six months now, moved on to paperless parts which is an amazing little get a quote button on our website. What I love about the front end of that right there, you're shining right off the bat. Your customer get a quick quote. We've done a quote with paperless parts in two minutes. Two minutes. It's Really? <laughs> yeah. We didn't even have a quote inputted in two minutes. It might take a day before. And so the paperless parts front end, you are extracting information from your customer. You are forcing them to input the data you need to do your job correctly. They probably know, but people don't do it all the time. They forget. They don't have the information. And so you're extracting your quantities, your CAD file, any important drawings, special notes, materials, thickness. Um, all that is extracted in the very beginning. And so we are focusing on funneling all customers through there. Old or new jobs, it doesn't matter. We get a phone call. Oh, yeah, you know, make sure you upload it to paperless parts. It's there, locked and loaded forever. Never have to do it again. Never have to type it again. Mm -hmm. When it's in our paperless parts, Python and its amazingness is 
interrogating our components that we have control of the interrogations. And it is one hell of a thing to see this take fold in front of you. I don't see what's happening in the background, but I imagine it's magic and Python. It is uh, one thing that is blowing me away about what's going on now. So when paperless parts, it's out our numbers um, that are pretty much mm -hmm. spot on every time. And if they're not, we adjust it. It is going to go to QuickBooks through the API. And so through this process, we have only clicked on, let's see, paperless parts. We just made sure that everything looked good. We're at five clicks of a mouse, no key entries yet. It's already going to QuickBooks if you need it still. And mm -hmm. then from there, we're waiting for a customer to approve. They approve, great. We turn it into work order in QuickBooks or in paperless parts, makes a work order for us you know, with two clicks. So in two clicks, you go to the menu, you get a work order and that work order via paperless parts. So we have a solid model that the guys can rotate. So they don't need solid works at every station. Mm -hmm. They can check things. They can get insight to whether this part's going to have a problem, which I love. Oh my God, your bend is too close to the cutout. You're going to have to use sacrificial equipment. You're going to chew out your estimator because no one charged for that. Um, you know, ran and various things, um, of that nature to where some of them are very simple. Okay. But yeah, I'd rather have the knowledge and some of them, I got my ex guys sometimes going, God, oh, I didn't see that. And wow, we didn't make a bad part. So through that whole process, we are still only utilizing two or three softwares, which is Google G suite for Gmail, uh, the Trello, which is for our job scheduling and other information that we would like to have that you don't want to put a million line items on a work order for. And we're still at paperless parts. So those three are our foundational for the very beginning of doing parts. Your G Suite, your paperless parts, your QuickBooks, and your Trello. That is the base right there of my stack. And that stack alone is going to eliminate a bunch of time. And when I mean a bunch, I'm talking 40% of your front end gone. Those people can work on scheduling. They can work on QC. They can work on managing people. HR, which has been worse and worse every day. We have an integration for that. We have uh, Bamboo we're using right now. And gone are the times of someone writing in a note two hours before or sending an email. You're on Bamboo. You don't even want to hear about it. Just let the software know. Um, you know, it doesn't take away the human contact because there's plenty of other human contacts at a shop. What I've found is just what comes with people is, you know, it's easy to worm out of your job. You can call in sick an hour before or you know, when you're keeping traceability, accountability, you know, it's something that Trello and mm -hmm. um, Bamboo does is holds people accountable. You can't say, I forgot when it's glaring you in the face every day. Mm. You know, you can't go in and ask my office people, how much time off do I have? Nope, that's done. You're going to know. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. Yeah. And all these little things add up in a business where we are trying to eliminate Half a percent here and there, this is the best half a percentages you're going to get right now. 15 to 25% margin is very difficult in an industry where you are making things from scratch out of materials that are raw. So you want to make a, more, a buck or two more without passing it down completely, this is the way to go. That in a clean shop. You are constantly experimenting, Shane, and you are trying new tools. How do you learn? Where do you get your information? Well, I drink a lot of coffee and I stay up really late. If it was up to me, I wouldn't sleep. Um, I guess I have to. Physiology, I guess it says so. But 
I'm always wanting to better things. And I've always been like this since a kid. I've always wanted to take a VCR apart and make it faster. Or, you know, just when I find something that I have no idea about, and it's just like an open galaxy with anything can goes, I want to know. I want to know everything about it. I am a serial hobbyist. I, I get bored though quick. So that's where it all in lies is I get rather bored of things quickly because I involve my 100% hobbies, programs, inventions. I have over 20 inventions that are just <laughs> sitting. They're <laughs> great ideas, but I'm bored. I made it. Now I got to do paperwork and stuff. Nah, you know, move on. And right. that's where the integration really, you know, we're looking into a digital world. You have the, the site into it. I can't look out my window and see the mountain. It's something that is always intriguing me. And so finding these integrations and and um, like T-sheets, they help so much. And to see a smile on someone's face three months later, it's not a smile when you first tell them about it. It's another one. But um, <laughs> I ask them now, what if I pulled Trello from you? They're like, no, don't pull Trello. Um, but before, no one wanted to do it. And so T-sheets, which is one of the ones that... So is the T in T-sheets a Trello sheet? No, T-sheets is actually owned by QuickBooks. And T-sheets oh, is... Oh, it's, it's, it's a... Is it a program? Yep, T-Sheets is a program. And this is what is, this is a game changer for our industry. How do we know that we make money? I know that I made money or not at the end of the year when taxes came. You know, I mean, it's really hard tracking jobs and getting people to clock in and out to the job. How are the small job shops doing that? Oh, they're doing it on a little green paper where they're hand. I've been cheated so many times on work that expands the field of the day. You give person one job, it takes all day. You give person 20 jobs. It takes a day. And yeah. so as a scheduler, as a manager, those are very, very um, frustrating things to deal with. And so T-Sheets integrates with QuickBooks. They're pretty much one. And they give you live information of how much your job is making you or not. Right now, in this moment, I can get on my T-Sheets and I could look. Wow. The job is getting in the black or it's in the red. And this is something that I've been trying to achieve via Trello, via all the other systems I've used for five years. This is the most remarkable. It's scheduling. As we get into more of the integrations, we start separating what Trello does. Because right now Trello is like, it does a lot for us. But now with the T-sheets, it's going to be our scheduler and our tracking per job line item. Not just the job or the work order, but deburring took 15 minutes too long. What happened? Oh, it is what it is. And I messed up the, the estimator. Okay. I'm going to fix that next time. Yeah. I mean, wow. that's, that, that's so powerful. That's so cool. Huh? Yeah. It is really, I'm on my T-sheets right now, checking to make sure everything's all good. And if someone, something's <laughs> a little slow, I'm going to send an email or a text message saying, Hey, we need some help on this job. And it's wow. live. So, I love um, it. Game change. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I'm mind spinning with possibilities. Oh. I do want to shift a little bit though. And I've got a question. You have made a lot of parts for Zometry in the past. You know Zometry well. You know paperless parts well. And do you see these? Yeah. Well, do you see these two companies competing with one another, or are they more complementary? So, what the difference between Zometry and paperless parts is? Paperless parts is a supporter of the American blue collar business employee. Um, business and employee, they give you the tools to price your own, 
automagically. I mean, that's what it is. You put it in and it spits it out immediately for every process. I stay up so late at times just looking at the possibilities of Python and um, its implementation of paperless parts. And paperless part gives me the tools to be precise in my estimation and consistent and consistent. You need to know how much you're making. You need to know how long it's going to take you. And you need to know if you can make it because, Hey, we can make anything, but should we, I took a long <laughs> time to learn that right there. And I'll tell you right. what, that is a key. So I am operating the software. I am massaging it to my needs in paperless parts. Zometry gives you a packet of files and says, make this in this lead time and we'll push you hard even if there's something's completely out of your hands on it and, 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 you know, not treat you very nice too. We're used to being treated in some kind of fashion that's not maybe tolerable in most industries, but it is what it is. And you keep your nose down and uh, to the grindstone. Well, thanks for sharing that, Shane. I appreciate you being candid and you obviously have some passion there. My brothers and sisters work hard. I know what they go through day in and day out to manipulate metal from a sheet or a rod, or a bar, or now from a powder. I know what they go through, the cuts on my hands, the calluses. I have burn marks all over from just the other day, and uh, just because I was trying to take down T6 to T0 for the draw. And um, you know what? I could have, you know, took a worker's comp or something, but I, just like the rest of my brothers and sisters, I know they're going to, um, you know, the job's got to get done, and life moves on, and complaining, and, and, and going home for the day doesn't, add anything to anyone else's day and i don't want people having to work hard because i was an idiot so you know <laughs> I, I feel for these guys and i want to do my best and share whatever information i have to help them just fine-tune things and make more money and 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 be swift i really appreciate you coming on today and sharing thank you for the donations that you made to the frontline folks with the ppe gear yeah that that's amazing, and I love that you just stepped up and you did it. And what we talked about today, there's so many really nitty-gritty things that you talked about, integration. I probably step back and say most shop owners aren't going to have the desire or the technical or computer skills that you do, but it's probably really important to have someone within your organization who likes to do what you do, who can be the integration manager within your company, or at least have someone on the outside that you're working with who can help you with those integrations. Without a doubt. It, I'm giving it two years. And, if you, and I'm also going to say, if you're an older shop owner and you're just not comfortable with this, but you have another younger generation in the company, give them a shot. They are digital natives probably, and they would eat this up. And I can understand it enough to talk about it, but I can't implement it. I couldn't do what you're doing, Shane. So thank you for, yes. yeah, well, thank you for sharing those specifics, the inner workings of what makes your shop tick and you know, so many great ideas. Your enthusiasm for manufacturing, it's just it's so much fun to talk with you. And I really like the fact that you're, are open to sharing with other shops. You're dedicated to our industry. And I think that some shop owners may be uncomfortable with opening up what they're doing in their shop like you just have. But the thing is, no one's going to 
duplicate what you're doing. It, it all comes down to the people, the techniques, even if someone uses Trello, they're going to use it differently than you. And I just encourage everybody to share. Let's not compete for the jobs that are just here in the U.S. Let's make ourselves better so that we recapture jobs that have gone offshore and we bring them home and we just have more business, create a bigger pie here in the U.S. So without a doubt any uh, anything yeah anything we missed any last comments you want to put out there well you know i can keep commenting until the uh, cows come home but you know shop owners out there these integrations they seem daunting but i have a very busy schedule day in and day out and i squeeze these in with not much effort a lot of them are very easy you click a couple buttons and they connect to each other so when you try one and get that satisfaction you're going to get the bug that i have and you are going to embedder your life, your people's lives, you're going to attract more business because it's going to be, it, it, it's going to be right. Your customers are going to see it. And so take advantage of it. The integration nation is coming within two years. Integration nation. <laughs> that's what I call it. And um, you know, it's coming in, it's coming in fast and it's coming in hard and be the lion. Don't be the zebra. Be the lion. Well, let's end it there, Shane. Super fun. I probably could have talked with you for another hour or so, and maybe I, I will connect with you offline. I, I really like the nitty gritty. So I'll share with the audience that if you feel the same way, reach out to Shane. Actually, Shane, how do we, people get in touch with you? I got my website, True Part Manufacturing. Um, it's, uh, I already have it, but we're putting a couple, uh, we're polishing it up a little bit as far as and that's some integrations. True is- MFG. Dot com. Yeah. T-R-U. T-R-U, not T-R-U-E. No e. Yeah, no E I, in hindsight. That was the best idea. But um, T-R-U-P-A-R-T-M-F-G.com. And Shane P, S-H-A-N-E-P, at TruePartMFG.com. I love speaking about integrations or anything other, anything really, but I'm passionate. If you have any questions, you know, I can uh, help answer them and steer you in the right way. I love this and I, you know, I, I love to help, so. Yeah. You're accessible. Other guests on the podcast are accessible. Shoot Shane an email, engage with him. And, you know, knowing Shane, the brief period that I have here, I bet that he will learn as much as you will from the conversation because he's just so curious. So don't be shy. Get in touch. Until next time, let's keep those spindles turning, those lasers cutting. And how about those 3D printers producing? And the flywheels spinning as well. Flywheel spinning. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Take care.